Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. Valid 720 to 729, select styles only. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. What's better than this, guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast? I'm Joe Marino of NDT Scouting and FanRike Sports, joined, as always, by Kyle Krabs, who's the founder and director of scouting at NDT Scouting, also of FanRike Sports. And it is Wednesday, hump day, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we're, we're here at the water cooler. This is a, this new thing Kyle came up with. Kudos to him. He came up with a great concept. And on, on Wednesdays, we're gathered around the water cooler just talking organically about the NFL draft. So we have no idea what's about to happen, but it's going to be fun. Kyle, what's going on, man? I am seething right now, Joe. <laughs> I know you I are. I am seething. I don't understand. Like, okay, so I just did a really nice spot for Finsiders Radio on SB Nation. And... um they asked me, they put me on the spot at the very end, and I'm looking at my board, and they said, okay, if you had to come up with, like, your ideal blend of draft picks for the Dolphins in the first, second, and third round, so not even just, like, who's the first-round guy. Now, if you could come up with ideal draft slots for first, second, and third-round guy, who would they be? Um, and... I, I think just looking at the value, I don't necessarily see a value with a pass rusher with where they're going to be. I think the value of the pass rusher sits a little bit lower. Uh, I think some of the more notable, more prominent guys are off the board at this point. Uh, I don't think Hassan Reddick's going to be there. I don't think Forrest Lamp's going to be there. So who does that leave us with? Right? Like, Malik Hooker's going to be gone. Jamal Adams is going to be gone. I don't think Buda Baker's a good fit for their system. So I say Alabama's Eddie Jackson. Okay, Dorian Johnson, the second round, best veil linebacker in the third. 
don't think anything of it. Hang up the phone call. You know, it's great. Matt Kanata, very gracious having me on. And then the tweet goes out. Kyle Krabs thinks Eddie Jackson in the first and Dorian Johnson in the second would be ideal selections for the Miami Dolphins this year. And then the replies start coming. And my favorite one, somebody actually said this. Who the hell is Eddie Jackson? Joe, send help. Give me a life preserver. <laughs> I am drowning in ignorance here, and I can't take it. I, uh, I w- I'm just enjoying, man. I, get, I just had some popcorn there while you were talking and listened to you, uh, your rant, man. I'm, I'm glad we chose to record um, you know, before or after that, that spot. Uh, th- this worked out great because we've got you fresh off the no, heels. I am mad online. I'm like very well, mad online. The guy broke his leg in October, and now he's like, he's a nobody. So, so tell people, all right? I mean, he was he was my... the best free safety prospect in 2015. He was a ball magnet. He made a ton of splash plays. He's a return guy, very skilled with the ball in his hands. He's a former cornerback, so he can play in the slot, and he's shown and proven he can play effectively man-to-man coverage in the slot. So now he's giving you multiplicity on the back end. He can step up and tackle. He's not the biggest guy. He's not the most physical guy. But he'll blow up your spot if you're not looking. And for being a, a first-year starter last year as a free safety, uh, he's making really natural reads. He, he's breaking on the ball appropriately in the middle of the field. He's multiple. He's versatile. And I think if he didn't break his leg... I think he, A, would have ran better than what he ran. I think he ran mid-4.5s. Um, you see a little bit more juice than that on film. And some of the anticipatory stuff that he has in his ball skills are just excellent, excellent, excellent work. And, you know, this is, he breaks his leg, and it's, who? Who's Eddie Jackson? Well, so, obviously you felt like he was the right fit for the Dolphins, matching him with Rashad Jones. Um, where is he on your safety board overall? Uh, he's safety, safety four. Okay, so I'm guessing Adams, uh, Baker, Baker, um, Hooker. No. Who's safety three? Melifonwu. Melifonwu. Okay, so and then and then Jackson. So Jackson, Jackson and then because people are going to get really mad online for me for this, uh, Hooker's. Like just behind, Jackson. Okay, so they're close. Yes, they're very okay, close. So that's fine. Um, so and, and that represents value. It's your number four safety. It's the best fit. You've already explained I gave, why Baker I, wasn't. I gave him a first round value. Okay, so uh, there you have it. Yeah. So I guess what's interesting here, and um, I want to I want to learn more about your safety approach right so in front of me right now i have the 2016 uh ndt scouting perspectives which uh you could have in front of you as well with a ndt premium subscription that is uh going to be launched very soon for 20 dollars. it's a great value you get draft guides from kyle and i and uh, uh the archive perspectives from kyle from 16 and 15 as well as a 12-month calendar of premium nfl draft content and and so i'm looking over your safety board here and i and i I have a hard time understanding you know like what's your what's your style right i think i think you can look at someone's rankings you can know what they value in a player and kind of how it um 
uh, how, how, you know, what they value, what traits. So your number one safety last year, 15th player on the board was K.J. Dillon. Your number two is Jeremy Cash. Number three, Carl Joseph. Number four, Darian Thompson. And then Keanu Neal is actually your 10th safety. So what, what, is, what are some of the most important things for you when you're watching a safety? And specifically, how does that apply to Eddie Jackson? And why is everyone sleeping on him? Sure. Well, I, I swapped uh, some of the film attributes around. Um, trying to find a more reflective set of um, criteria for, for safeties this year. Uh, so my 10 traits in order from most to least important are coverage spacing, acceleration, tackling, zone coverage, IQ, ball skills, competitive toughness, flexibility, feet and change of direction skills, man cover skills, and versatility. Okay. Uh, so that's, that is a change from 2016. I found myself uh, frequently trending more towards box guys. Mm-hmm. Um, now, now KJ Dillon, I thought was very versatile. Uh, both he and Carl Joseph did a lot of things for West Virginia. Uh, now it, the, the jury's still out on Dillon, who I believe landed with the Texans, uh, like that fit. Uh, but Joseph has played well and Jeremy cash had some stuff that, you know, the outside world was just not in tune with because cash was, uh, for a lot of folks, a top 50, top 60 prospect and went undrafted so um, in retrospect when you look back at that uh, really glossed over the uh, coverage consistency of somebody like KJ Dillon and then a guy like Keanu Neal uh, thought he was really sloppy on the back end Uh, very much a, a big time hitter but I thought his tackling was a little wild a lot of times went for big hits and, uh, again, that is a, a perfect personification of a player who you get a perfect marriage of the style of play and the role that you're going to ask them to do. And suddenly Keanu Neal's you know, mm-hmm. a, a great, great fit in the NFL with the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. So what it sounds like is Eddie Jackson really checked the boxes when you've taken time to re-evaluate how you evaluate safeties you know, he really was kind of the prototype, and I mean, this is something you. This is something back in July, June, whenever we first started our summer work looking at this class. I mean, I remember conversations between the two of us where you were raving about Eddie Jackson. I'm, if I'm not mistaken, he might have been one of your top two or one, two, three seniors heading into the season. So this has been a consistent stance. Obviously, one thing that we haven't even talked about is the dude returns punts at a high level, right? So you've got a coverage. You know, one of the best coverage safeties you're going to find with the ball skills, enough physicality and a really, really uh, nice return value that he adds. I mean, this is a this is a really nice prospect, like across the board. Yeah, and, and again, a former corner play mm-hmm. play plays man to man coverage with with quality skills. Uh, so again, the question is, what's not to like? He broke his leg. Like, yeah, I, I don't even I, understand how people don't. Don't even know who he is, well, and I understand. Uh, you know, some, maybe some, of, <laughs> some of that is the names that that big media is puffing up. And mm-hmm. uh, Malik Hooker had a butt ton of interceptions this year, and Jamal Adams plays at um, LSU and was the star of that defense this year. And Obi Melafonwu uh, vertical jumped out of Lucas Oil Stadium. Um, mm-hmm. 
but even Bud- like Buda Baker, like nobody's talking about mm-hmm. Buda Baker either. Why? Because he's five nine and a half. But if he was five, but, but if it was five ten and a half, oh yeah, he'd be great. Right, right, so, yeah, no. So, so it, it's you have the the, and this is kind of my general thesis off of this, and why I'm so fired up is you have draft media will will talk consistently about the same forty names pegged as mm-hmm. like potential first round players, and that's all anybody knows. It's all anybody cares about. But if you're a guy like Eddie Jackson that didn't play the last half of 2016 because he broke his freaking leg and could not test and could not do combine work and has been in recovery since for, I believe it was a broken tibia. So, like, mm-hmm. not, a, not a small deal. Um, but, you know, they've since come out and said, you know, this injury is going to have no long-term effects on his football playing career. Yeah, and, and I hope that's something that people – appreciate about someone like yourself or, or myself where, you know, we're, we're not forecasting the draft. We're evaluating this talent pool and we're putting, you know, these guys under our evaluation system and we don't give a damn about what anybody else says about the prospect. This is our unique approach to evaluation. And this is what we say. So if you want, if you want uh, to, to follow people and listen to podcasts and read articles about people that are just going to regurgitate the same crap everyone else says, well, then we're not for you. You're probably not even, you probably didn't even hear me say that because you're not listening to this podcast. Uh, So one of my favorite things, one of the things that drew me to Kyle before we started our working relationship together was, you know, back when he first got into this thing, you know, he's new to it. And you you look at his board and, and, you know, this is a guy who didn't give a crap. He went against the grain and um, he's had a lot of hits, and um, a lot of misses. Uh, that's what I appreciate. A lot of misses, but we all we all do. But you're willing to put your neck out there because I I remember I was like, man, who is this dude that has this guy ranked so high? And then I listened to you talk on a on a spot or a podcast, and I'm like, man, this guy really knows the game. But I don't necessarily agree with what he's saying. And you know, good lord, hundreds of hours of conversations later, later here we are, you know, hosting this podcast, talking NFL draft three times a week for the people. So. Uh, I hope that's something that's appealing to the people about following people like Kyle and myself is where, you know, you're getting a true evaluation uh, based on our own philosophy. So sure. uh, get that out there for the people. And I want to piggyback off this whole concept that we just talked about and get into another thing uh, that, that bothers me about the way that, that the draft process works. And that's the recency bias of things. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. No, I try to make a habit of the first game I watch will be of a prospect will be, one of the earlier games I'm going to watch. And then after that, it's all random. You know, and then I'll make notes of if I'm seeing sloppiness and if I'm seeing false steps and, and poor technique. Okay, where is it along the, the linear timeline? Is he showing an upward progression and, and showing more consistency as he gets more playing time? Or is it all of his plus work you know, in one season and then they – the next season he has struggles because they're either asking him to do something differently or you know you can add context but if you just sit there and watch him from start to finish what well, you're going to remember the last two games that they played in and you hear everybody talk about the bowl games everybody wants to talk about the bowl games that these guys played in where Eddie Jackson didn't play in the last 6 7 games for Alabama because he broke his leg and he he's suddenly an afterthought so, Joe, I'm interested to hear how you go about your film process when it comes time to watch a player 
do you go chronologically? Do you break it up? And why? It's a really cool question. Um, one thing that's been awesome this year that's been really different than, you know, I've been doing my own draft work for like 10 years. I've been published for the last five. Um, so uh, one thing that's really unique about this past year is we did that preseason senior outlook where Kyle and I took a, a very deep dive into the senior class. And, uh, you know, I had I had good, solid film notes on the top seniors going into this class. And my most favorite evaluations that I've done so far, I've got a few more left to do, has been those those same guys that I looked at heavily, their junior tape. So I had good notes, and then I'm looking at their senior tape, and I'm really able to do some good comparison. And, you know, Kyle and I, we talk a lot off offline as well. You know, one thing that I've said to you in the last week has been, man, I can't believe how many of my notes and projections are very different and how these players has have evolved or, um, you know, really just kind of taking that next step and really, really redefined a lot of what they do. So I've gained a lot out of that. And we're going to do that again for everyone. We're going to dig into the 17 seniors uh, or the 18 seniors. And, um, you know, that's going to be a very transparent process for everyone as you follow along with the NDT uh, premium subscription. But uh, yeah, so my approach is, I, you know, for when I'm able to have those notes to look back on, but if not, you know, one thing, because I found so much value in, in seeing that junior tape or, you know, sophomore for junior is I have started seeing them at least a game or two of the previous season before I dig into, you know, three to five on, on the new season worth of, of game tape. And um, it, it, I don't think that's smart to do it any other way um, because you're not seeing the growth. You're not seeing the progression. You know, if you, if you want to fire up tape and watch the bowl game first or the national championship game or whatever, you, you know, I think that's uh, you're, you're not really getting an opportunity to see the growth. And, um, you know, I think that's, it's an important thing in projecting upside. You know, you'll see that word upside a ton in my reports. Well, how do you know if there's upside if you don't know what where they've come from? So I, I think we're very similar in our approach. Yeah, see, and that's interesting because um, oh, uh, I know I try to wait for bowl games to be over because I, I definitely want to include them in the film assessment. Um, but it, it, it shouldn't be last three games are the most three important games, but that's what it feels like sometimes as far as, you know, what people reference and how they performed and, and people's arguments. And uh, I, I think maybe some of that is, is casual fans. Um, you really, unless a player plays at a super high profile school or they play at your school, uh, the bowl games are the games everybody gets an opportunity to watch because it's the mm-hmm. only game on. Uh, so that's an interesting dynamic as far as you know, why bowl games are so referenced so frequently when people are discussing draft prospects. You know, kind of another evaluation conceptual point that I wanted to bring up here is, you know, what is draft stock? Is draft stock a real thing? Because it really irks me. <laughs> it really irks me, Kyle. You know, I see you know, a lot of great analysts out there, and you know, it's all of a sudden it's my my newly updated rankings, and like, there's no new information. There's nothing's happened. They've they haven't tested. There's been no new football games, but somehow somebody slid from number fifteen to number five in the rankings, and I'm like, how and why? And that's something that maybe I don't know how people do their stuff. The only thing I can speak to is my own process. And when I do my evaluation, I sit down, I do my evaluation, and it's done. That's it. <laughs> there's no there's no new information, and it doesn't change. This person's graded 
with this numerical score, and that's it. That's that's the end of the conversation. So it's really confusing to me when I see those tweaks, and it leads me to believe more and more that there is that recency bias. There is a lot of influence in rankings. It's mouthpiece season. You know, there's a lot of weird information out there, and, and I think people are adjusting based on what they hear. Well, are you evaluating or are you forecasting? Because for me, when I am done, I file that report. That's it. There's not, no going back. Right. And and the question becomes, like, you have to start somewhere. So I can understand a player sliding up one or two spots if you do other players and they mm-hmm. surpass that player. But the, but this, no, this week he's 15, and now this week he's he's down to 22. But then on his pro day, he runs a great 40 time, and he's back up to 12. Like, no, teams don't do it that way. It's, it's, it is all one big process of collecting all of the pieces of information that you're going to be applying to a player, right? And that bit-by-bit process um, for a lot of people and a lot of teams, uh, it's one process, and when it's, when it's culminized, it's culminized. And when it's done, it's done. Um, very rarely, I mean, I can think of a, a handful of occasions each year where I'll, I'll have a report done, and the guy goes to the combine, like Jordan Willis, and is like totally different than what I'm expecting. And it's like, okay, I'm going to earmark him because i got to go back and watch him and see where the disconnect is. And even still, I might make some adjustments as far as you know what I score him in specific traits, but it's never, um, never going to be a, a drastic swing where I had him graded as a third, and then he went to the combine and he he went balls out, and now all of a sudden he's a first round pick when I rewatch his film because he just uh, they, they just ran away from him all the time. Like no, it, it that's not a thing. It's not a thing. So speaking of new information. Film disconnect. I know not for you, okay. I know not for you. You've you've been you've been aware for a long time. But let's talk about Tease Tabor, the Florida cornerback. Uh, what well, he ran in the four sevens, mid four sevens. I mean, that's a kiss of death for a cornerback. But uh, yeah, can, I'm sorry. What was that? What was that? Yeah, if you could tolerate Kyle's tea sipping, um, <laughs> this is this is a good podcast. Woo! Uh, but. So, so he runs four six two at the combine, and then he runs mid four sevens. Uh, I bet he probably wishes he could just swap his numbers with Jared Davis, but he can't. Um, so, this is an interesting one here because you know, this is a player that I've liked on tape a lot, and um, this is really disappointing. I know that you've maintained your stance since the first time we've ever talked about Tease Tabor, but um, hello. Yeah. I guess I guess hat tip to you, sir. I I, I don't know, man. Yeah, I, and this is what I don't get, and this was the tweet I sent out. No, as of when we recorded this, it was it was earlier in the day today. Uh, somebody had had tweeted out Tabor timed at four seven three, four seven five, and four seven seven in the forty from scouts here in Gainesville. No matter which one of those three options it is, that's a terrible time, right? Now he did run four six two electronic at the combine, so that's going to bail him out a little bit. Um, but the tweet that I had was, Tabor is super physical, but I thought his lack of twitch and speed was pretty apparent. And you get him in space, you get him off of a guy's hip pocket, and unless he's squatting on a route, he's not showing the ability to, to work his way back in to challenge those plays. 
So I don't know why this is such a big surprise that he's not a good athlete. Because uh, when I watched his film, I was really underwhelmed as far as you know the way that he had been billed all summer as this peak, peak corner prospect and great ball skills, which he does have, and super physical, and he's he's a really good pattern matcher. Uh, I, I saw a lack of an ability to sustain in the hip pocket if he's pressed vertically. Uh, you know, this is he got torched by Michigan in their bowl game last year. Here I go referencing a bowl game, but um, there were there were plenty of examples on film in which I saw um, that, that that really raised these questions for me. That you know, I had maintained you know back when we were doing our previous show together, uh, I had mentioned that I would have uh, Quincy Wilson ten times out of ten over T. Staver, and. Uh, I think this is a, a testament to what I thought I saw on film and a, just an affirmation of that. Yeah, I mean, um, I guess for me, I'm really happy that we have numerical scoring. And, uh, you know, his 40-yard dash time will be treated like every other 40-yard dash time is treated. And he'll get the lowest possible score you can get for a 40-yard dash time. And I'll have to move on. And um, I guess part of the part of the the annoying piece of this is just kind of his response. And, you know, I guess you like the confidence from a cornerback, but I guess he came out and said, you know, that uh, someone's going to lose their job if they don't draft me over a 40 time. And, you know, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if you need to say that, but um, certainly not a good day for uh, Mr. Well, Tabor. Yeah, there's, there's a difference between confidence and like self-awareness. Yeah, like you just had a really bad day, bub. Like you might want, <laughs> might not want to be take out the L, right? Right. Just 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 punt, punt the ball. You know, don't go for it on fourth and twenty five on your own ten. <laughs> um, that's it. Could be a Madden analogy, Joe. We need to start playing some Madden. By the way, I don't know uh, if you play, you know, but the, the last Madden I bought was uh, the one with Peyton Hillis on the cover. It's all right. Well, you're getting the same game now that you got back then. So, <laughs> oh, so I haven't missed much. So I should be able to pick it up, pick it up and run with it, huh? No, from what I understand, I didn't get this past year's, but from what I understand, they did a really nice job introducing some um, some new features to the game and, and gameplay mechanics have, have taken a swing back up towards the plus side. So, uh, that might be a project for you and I. We'll we'll do a fantasy draft and draft all rookies um, of our guys. <laughs> And uh, we'll play play it out every week or something like that, and see how that goes for us. What gaming console do you have? Uh, I have a PlayStation Four. Oh man! Yes, it's you. Yes, what I guess that's have? what happens when you're the uh, the 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 director of Scott. Yeah, we we get, we get that in the tax write offs. Yeah, you know, wow, that's cool. Uh, uh, you know what it is? No, I, they do have a they have a web browser on there. So I actually did, but when I bought that, I wrote that off because I used the web browser and just <laughs> and just played on my television. Nicely done. Yeah, nicely done. Uh, I have the the PlayStation Three, so that's uh, I haven't I haven't fired that thing up since I played that Peyton Hillis Madden back whenever oh, it came out. Geez. So all right, well, yeah, we'll have we'll, we'll have to fly that to uh, our destination <laughs> for for the draft this year, uh, which I don't know if we have we announced that yet. Oh, I don't know that we have no. No, all right. Well, we'll we'll tease you guys with that. We are going somewhere. We're going to be doing something really big for the actual draft. We'll be bringing you guys a ton of content. Uh, so maybe Joe and I will find a spare gaming console and play a game of Madden or something like that. You'd be toast. Uh, oh, really? 
All right, so yeah. so when you played back in the day, see, this is peak water cooler right here. We've we've gone down a whole different rabbit hole. When you played right. back in the day in Peyton Hillis Madden, what team were you besides the Bills? Can't tell me you were the Bills. There's no other answer. I was the Bills. All right, now would you, would you more frequently take over the roster as is and try and turn it into a winner, since we know that they haven't been a winner for a long time? <laughs> Or would you do fantasy drafts and get more of "quote unquote" your guys? Um, I would normally take over the roster and then try to build it through franchise mode, and um, yeah, that's what I would do. I would not do the fantasy draft because, and here's why: I didn't like the idea of like not knowing or having some type of a concept for what players were going to be on the other team. So I like that element of it. I didn't want to like play the Carolina Panthers and then Peyton Manning's uh, you know, there calling plays. Peyton Manning's their quarterback. What the hell's going on? Throwing the ball times. to Des Bryant. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, I didn't like that. So Okay, so you uh, you chose what you did out of fear. That's interesting. I chose fear. <laughs> you know, I think that I think we're gonna put a bow on it there with me casting some shade at Joe. Uh, that is gonna wrap it for us today here on the draft dudes. Uh, we would like to thank each and every one of you for putting up with my rant and listening to me complain about you know, the status of the draft sphere as it is today. Uh, we will be back on Friday. We do have a special guest lined up for Friday. It is confirmed. I have confirmed with him. Uh, he put out an awesome, awesome project this week, uh, which we are going to be talking more about with him. It is Mr. Ethan Young, uh, at NFL Drafter, uh, NFL Draft Analyst for uh, fan rag sports as well. He's part of the family with us, and uh, he put out a metrics tiered system of quantifying production for college quarterbacks and put them into gold, silver, and bronze tiers. And he's come up with some really fascinating results as far as pre 1999 identifying based off of college production. Who has NFL success at the quarterback position, which is really fascinating stuff. So we're going to get into that with him on Friday's show. Uh, but in the meantime, you guys can catch up on all of the Draft Dudes podcast episodes so far. We're up to 22. Uh, courtesy of either iTunes or Audio Boom, please feel free to hit that subscribe button. Show us some love. Give us a rating. Uh, we would greatly appreciate it. You can get after us on social media. We are at Facebook.com slash Scouting. Uh, Joe is at the Joe Marino on Twitter, and I am at NDT Scouting, and we are out of here until Friday. Thank you for listening to the Draft Dudes podcast with Joe Marino. I am Kyle Craps. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. About 720 to 729, select styles only. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.